so here's what I would do. So I would go to Sunday school from 10 to 11, <laughs> go to sc- go to Dillard's for work from 12 to 6, come back for the 5 to 9, five, five or, I think it was 5 to 9 or 5 to 8 um, service. Yeah. And then you drive back to And Phoenix? then I would sleep, and then at 6 a.m. I would leave for my 8 a.m. class. Oh, wow. Yeah. So and the traf- the time, the it's 100 miles Okay. Each way from Tucson to Phoenix. So you were always on the go. I was always. I've, I don't know how to stop. So it all <laughs> makes sense now. Welcome to the Blitz Seekers podcast. Our podcast is intended to inspire people to discover their true purpose and follow their bliss. We're on every major platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Please make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast and please enjoy the show. So welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a very special guest. She's the CEO of multiple financial brokerage firms and she's helped businesses and individuals set themselves up for future success. She has a master's in business with a minor in finance. Her experience as a corporate executive for over 10 years has helped her attain an understanding of expansion and growth in different markets. She is a leader in networking and marketing ventures, especially in connection to resources and human capital. As an entrepreneur and personal networking professional with a background in corporate expansion and marketing efforts and a passion for small business, she's excited about personally helping other small businesses evolve and flourish. Ultimately, her goal is to become an angel investor. Please help me welcome to the podcast, Lisandra Duarte. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for Yay. being here. That was a beautiful intro. Ah, thanks. <laughs> that was epic. Uh, hopefully after 30-something episodes, I can get it down, right? That was good. Uh, thank you. I appreciate awesome. that. Awesome. So welcome. Nice thank to you. see you. Nice to have you on Great the podcast. Great to be here. Yeah. Thank you for having yeah. me. You came all the way from Arizona, huh? Yep. Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> wow. Is that where you stay right now? Or? That's where I live. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. Thank you. That, that's where you grew up, right? <laughs> yeah, born and raised. Okay, so that's a yeah. perfect segue because we always like to start the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We kind of, you know, getting to know the person. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, we feel here that if they know where you come from, how you got to where you are, they can connect with you better. So right. let's start at the beginning, you know, growing up in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since it's been like 40 years. Since. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, well, don't worry. It's been 43 like, years for me. <laughs> I'm like going back to the beginning. Um, yeah. So I am the oldest of seven. Seven? Yes. Wow. So um, my dad actually um, born and raised in, born in Zacatecas, Mexico. Okay. Mm. And uh, was raised in Hermosillo, Sonora. Okay. My mom and him met at a church event in 75 or something like okay. that. Two years before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what ended up happening is that they became, you know, back in those days, there was no Instagram, no, <laughs> no WhatsApp, no, nope. no text messages. So they actually became pen pals. Wow. Yeah. So they have like a long, like literally my mom has a whole drawer full of their letters. Oh, back and that's forth. beautiful. So, yeah. That's like a classic story. You just yeah. don't hear anymore. You know what I mean? Because they were always, the funny thing is they were always in relationships. Uh-huh. So finally, I guess when they were both not in relationships, my dad's like, well, let's just get married. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Closer, <laughs> right? <laughs> Definitely. So um, they tried for two years. So they got married in 78. Okay. Tried for two years, two miscarriages. They're oh, wow. both boys, so girl had to show how it's done, oh, you know. She's <laughs> so, like, get out the way, yo. You yeah, know? exactly, yeah, yeah. right. So, basically, after me, it was one right after the other. Yeah, like literally one right after the other. So, did they? Were they both still in Mexico when they got together? No, my dad moved to Tucson, so my dad immigrated, and because so, 
Here's a cool kind of little segue here because my dad had such a good standing with the Mexican consulate and Mm. he served in the army and everything with Mexico. He had just such a perfect record that they allowed him to have 50 guests from Mexico to Tucson for his wedding. That's awesome. And that's like unheard of. Like they don't give that much permission Mm. to have people over. I mean, of course, now the border is a little bit more tighter and security, et cetera. But... For him to do that at that time was like a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the 70s were a little different. Yeah. Yeah, I have a story of my uncle who was in the United States illegal, by the way, and he was working for the uh, actual immigration office. Oh, my God. That's a true story. (laughs) (laughs) He was like stamping passports and he didn't even have one himself. That's crazy. Approved. (laughs) Approved. (laughs) Hatim needed him back then. right? Just kidding. Not really. Anyway, so that's cool. Okay. So he had 50 guests from Mexico. Yeah. Wow. And so they got married, like I said, and it was just one of those things. And they got married. Um. New Year's Eve of all oh. times. Mm. Wow. So, yeah. so do they celebrate New Year's or do they celebrate their anniversary? They really don't see it as like a big deal. Oh, They're just like, okay. oh, you know, he just makes an announcement at church. Oh, yeah, this year we're this many years married. Oh, wow. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so they met in Mexico. And they met They met actually in Tucson. Oh, so my dad Tucson. came for a church event mm-hmm. and that's where they met. Oh, okay. And then every like time there was an event in Mexico, she would go over there. He would come over here. So your like, mom was American? Forth. Yes, my okay. mom's first generation um, okay. Mexican American. That's cool. It's yeah. kind of like my mom. My mom, yeah. I think she's first generation. My dad's from Mexico. How yeah. far is the travel from Arizona, Mexico? If they're going depends back and on forth? what part. So, like for okay. instance, Hermosillo, where he grew up, that's about an eight-hour drive. Okay, so it's not that far. Yeah, like here to LA yeah. or less. Yeah, yeah. roughly. Yeah. yeah. Is that where you got your driving abilities from? <laughs> You drive a lot, don't I you? I drive a lot. Yeah. On average, I drive maybe about 100 miles a day. Wow. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Do you have a hybrid? <laughs> no. Oh, Four-cylinder. <laughs> <laughs> electric car would probably be good. <laughs> yeah, I've thought about that. Yeah. But then if you think about the electric bill to have to charge it. <laughs> I think about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you got charging stations. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Not in Arizona. Not, not like California. Mm. Oh, really? There's like... Because I, I thought about it. I really did contemplate yeah. it. I was like, okay, what if I get an electric car? But then it's like, my electric bill is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. It's a newly converted blue state. <laughs> we won't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not a political podcast. Anyways. I know. Okay, so they crazy. met. They got married. So pen pals, right? Because your dad mm-hmm. was still in Mexico. Yes. Okay. And so they would just go back and forth. They mm-hmm. meet. But they were in relationships. And then finally, when they both were single, yeah. your dad's like, I'm going in for the close. Pulled the trigger. All right. Then. Cool. Yeah. All right. So what happened after they got married and they, they, they had you? And then mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about growing up in Arizona. What was that like? So because my dad immigrated, um, he basically, he knew how to do everything construction. So okay. he's been a mason for basically his whole life. And my dad started working as young as like five years old mm-hmm. like wow. selling newspapers yeah. mm-hmm. gum that kind of thing in mexico yeah what's the right age for mex for, for <laughs> the right age yeah he was a little shiny old shoe, man what's going on <laughs> shining the yeah. whole thing yeah so yeah. mexicans know work that's what yeah because yeah. he grew up where he was the man of the house because uh, his dad yeah. was a drunk and um, basically he had to take care of the household mm-hmm. and he grew up very young mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. like five yeah he had to grow up fast yeah so essentially what ended up happening is that when he moved to the u.s he had to basically learn how to work for someone else because his whole mm-hmm. life he always just almost like a subcontractor yeah like always self-employed just, yeah entrepreneur so kinda. working for a construction company and everything um quickly he was just like i can't do this <laughs> mm-hmm. so, 
I, I understand your dad. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah. So that's where you get your <laughs> like, entrepreneurial spirit yes. from. Okay. So yeah. in 85 is when he got licensed and um, con- got his contractor's license and everything and started his own business. Oh, so he did con- his own construction business mm-hmm. first. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's had it since 85. So we're talking, what, 30 plus years now that wow. he's had it. Mm-hmm. So he still has it. Yeah. My so dad's he's very well established. Yeah, my dad's going on 68 now and he still works. Wow. He, he's like, I'll stop when I'm dead. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm I mean, like, but some people, even if they love it or that's all they know, they're going to do it. Right. Till, till, yeah. Well, he says, if I stop, I'm going to die. He yeah. goes, because then I'm not going to know what to do. Yeah, like, know, he's, right? like, he's like, no, like I, I have to work. Wow. That's and crazy. it's funny because he's the one that tells me the, the most. Yeah. yeah, you work too much. Yeah. I'm like, Dad, you work yeah. too much. Yeah. So you got your you work got ethic it from your dad. And yeah. your entrepreneur spirit and you're driving from your dad. No, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So what was it like being the oldest of seven? Get blamed for everything. Get blamed for mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> it was always my fault. Somebody <laughs> cried, Sandra, what'd you do? I'm like, I didn't do anything. Oh my <laughs> like, god. Yeah. So is it, what's the mixture of boys and girls with all your siblings? So um we are three girls and four boys. Also, more boys than girls, huh? Mm-hmm. But it was um, women heavy in the beginning. Oh, okay. So it's myself, then my brother, and then my two sisters, and then the three brothers. Oh. Mm. So is it kind of like two separate generations in a way? Like the three brothers are really well, close and the, the first ones are kind of close? So my baby brother, the accident, you know, or the surprise, you <laughs> how know, as far, my mom How says, far apart is he? He's 14 years younger than I oh, am. okay. So yeah. the surprise, right? He's yeah. my baby, yeah. I tell. Is he the youngest? <laughs> he's the youngest. Just, so just to give you a little bit of context, yeah. he, between the age difference between him and I is a longer than the age difference between him and my son. Wow. Wow. crazy right that is crazy yeah so he came after your son no like the age difference oh see i'm not good at math guys so <laughs> you don't have to be good at math to do a podcast by the way make sure you guys subscribe make sure to smash that like button and hit the notification bell anyways so going back to your baby brother right yeah so my baby brother he's gonna turn 26 in april okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. my son is 12 okay gotcha right. so the difference between 26 yeah. and 12 versus gotcha 40 and 26 mm, 25 gotcha. technically mm-hmm. so okay yeah so what was that like so essentially what ended up happening is i i mean we grew up poor but we didn't know it mm-hmm. so which is good yeah because my mom always made sure that she provided mm-hmm. so if my dad brought home 20 dollars, those 20 dollars lasted you know that's kind of the deal right and i kind of laugh now because i'm like oh my god i didn't realize we had government cheese like we just <laughs> thought, oh wow this is good cheese you know yeah. <laughs> but we did the whole you know powdered milk and everything i used to say oh yeah you know we we have um water with our cereal and people would be like what are you talking about but oh, it's the powdered wow. milk yeah, yeah. and yeah. so because i always saw and my mom get, pouring yeah. the water yeah. like i didn't you know you what did your mom do so my mom my dad and my mom made a commitment to each other and my dad said i will bring home the bacon you make sure it lasts government bacon, mm. that is. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so for the first i think so they like i said they had kids right away so it was myself and my brother and we lived in a small little apartment behind my grandparents house and then we moved from there, we moved to another like small one bedroom house. And then from there, we finally moved to basically the house I grew up in, which was at that time, a one bedroom, one bath. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And Wait, how many people were there? It was just myself and my brother. Okay. so. And then when my sister and my mom was a deaf and blind teacher. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, when my sister came, so my aunt would take care of us. 
what she would take care of us when we, you know, when she went to school or to go work. To go work, to teach, yeah. Yeah, so when I turned about five and my second sister came along, my she was pregnant with my second sister, my dad's all, I think you need to stay home. Because mm. I'm going to have to figure it out, but you need to stay home. Mm-hmm. Like, there's too many kids now and, you know, yeah, your sister's helping us out, that kind of thing, but... Like we just, we're not going to be able to do this. Like you have to stay home with them. So my mom, she got educated. She had her bachelor's degree. Like I said, she was a deaf and blind um, student. I mean, teacher. Mm -hmm. So essentially um, she transitioned to being like a stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like I said, we never felt like we lacked anything. We never lacked attention, love, encouragement, anything. One of the things my mom always would tell me was that no matter what it is, if you want it, you can get it, but you have to work for it. Wow. Like, I don't care what it is. Whatever you want, you got to work for it, and it's yours. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. And so she's like, why is it that you just don't quit? <laughs> and <laughs> I like, told her, I go, don't uh-huh. you remember yeah. what you told me? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so, like, no matter what. So that was always instilled in us. Like, mm. whatever you want, you just have to work for it, and it's yours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like you got really good habits and values from your parents. Like, oh, work ethic, yeah. you know. No question. <laughs> you believe you can achieve anything if you yeah. work for it, stuff like that. Driving. Oh, yeah. A lot. <laughs> just kidding. Entrepreneurial spirit. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, most of, and, and then and basically when my dad transitioned in 85, started his business, my mom's like, well, I have to make some money. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she became an Avon lady. Oh. Avon. Mm-hmm. I, heard, I remember Avon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My mom was a customer. For yeah. that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe she was one of your mom's customers. Just kidding. <laughs> They're pretty yeah. worldwide. I think they oh, have yeah. in the Philippines. Yeah. 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 They're Avon. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your mom was also an entrepreneur then, basically. Yes. So when did you, so you said you grew up in church? Yes. So when did that start to all happen? When I was born. Oh, so your dad was doing church and doing construction? Yeah. So he's still doing both. So my dad's an ordained minister. He's been an ordained minister since he was 18 years old. Oh, wow. So essentially, it was like, you're going to church. Like, there's no question. Mm -hmm. Um, So essentially, it was like... um, in the churches that we grew up in the church we grew up in it was basically sunday service tuesday and thursday service but my mom was very adamant like hey the kids go to school they they have to get their night rest etc so my dad would go during the week on tuesdays and thursdays but we would stay home okay so So they always had a kind of kind of normal life yeah yeah so well (laughs) well compared to three nights a week in church right so essentially it was like a whole thing like they always um I, I make a joke with my parents. I say, you guys ruined marriage for me. And they're like, why? I go, because you guys made it seem so simple. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, you legit made it seem easy. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mom said something and dad was okay with it. Dad said yeah. something and mom was okay with it. It was never like, oh, there's an argument or a discussion yeah. about it. No, it was just like, okay. They yeah. seem very compatible and they flow easily. Very, very communicative. And yeah. one of the things I did ask my mom because, you know, I'm I'm divorced, so. Um, me too. Hey, <laughs> I have divorced parents. Um, There you go. Thank you. So for me, it was one of those things where I thought that's how everybody, you know, all marriages are supposed to be like that, right? Yeah. Well, what she, um, because I mean, you want to know, like, seriously, how the heck did you guys make it work? Like, Mm -hmm. what did you do? Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things she told me that made me laugh, she goes, 
you don't know what happened behind closed doors. I was like, I don't want to know what happened behind <laughs> yeah. closed doors. Like, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but it was, it was that. She goes, we communicated everything. We mm. talked about everything. Communication is everything for a relationship. Exactly. And seven o'clock on the dot, if you were, if they heard a peep out of the room, like, like they were coming with a belt. Like it was yeah. like, no, so no. Discipline too. Discipline. Like, and of course that was their time between seven and nine to do whatever it is they were going to do. Mm. And Make so more babies communicate. Yeah, just no kidding. kidding. <laughs> just, and like just do kidding, what they want to do. What? Not really, right? <laughs> Talk about whatever. Exactly. So they're very structured too. Yeah. yeah. So that's where you get your that's structure from. That's why I'm from. so obsessed with oh like. Oh my gosh. That's are you a Virgo? I'm not. I'm okay. a Leo. Oh. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Structured. But she's super structured. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's just okay. So mom always had a schedule, and mm. we were all in sports, after school activities, everything. Mm. We were always in every single type of thing that you could imagine. Yeah. My mom was the soccer mom. We okay. had the van, the whole thing. And not only was she the soccer mom for our family, but she took our friends. Mm-hmm. Like anytime, oh, like so-and-so needs a ride. Okay, get in the car. You know, it was like mom was the school bus for everybody. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, Well, their parents were probably working all the time. Yeah, exactly. Because, wow. I mean, my dad, like I said, he provided and made sure my mom made every penny stretch. Mm-hmm. So, and she'd always make sure that, you know, we had what we needed when we needed it. Yeah. And like, as I said, she always pushed us. You can mm. do whatever you want, mm-hmm. you know? So she encouraged getting in. I mean, I, I play violin. Wow. I sing. Yeah. <laughs> I played basketball. Yeah. Like, it's wow. like so much, you know, that I ended yeah. up doing. And she even pushed me. I remember I was in sixth grade and she pushed me to, to try out for student council. Wow. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, mom, like I'm not the popular one. Yeah. You know, like nobody's going to vote. She goes, Yes, you will. You will go and you will do it. And if they say no, no worries. Yeah. No big deal. You tried. Yeah. So, yeah, from the beginning, like, she was always, like, pushing us. You and have I mean, an awesome mom. Yes, I Encouraging do. you to try different things <laughs> at yeah. an early age. Yeah, that's awesome because um, we had a guest uh, a couple podcasts ago, and his, his parents were not around, but he was raised by his grandparents. And mm. so they were older. They were mm. wiser, right? Yeah. And he just said they'd always push him to do extracurricular activities, yeah. right? And that's where a lot of his foundation and achievement came right. from is always being part of stuff like that yeah yeah that, so that's and awesome. i learned that from my mom like always feed positivity to your kids wow. like even if things are like if you're in the ground and things are bad like mm-hmm. always speak positive to them because they will receive everything you're telling them and that's a hundred percent yeah and, you know, so I, mean, I love my parents they're <laughs> awesome but it wasn't exactly always like that you know? yeah but, yeah well, I don't, I don't know. For those that grew up Mexican and you get, hi, tonto or menso or yeah. well, que burro. Or yeah. <laughs> are these bad words? What are no, these? it's just like dummy or yeah. like think, you know, like don't be, you know, an idiot. That oh, okay, kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I got that a little bit from my dad because like that's how he grew up. Yeah, it's right. A, it's a male. But then mm. my mom would counter that with you got this, like whatever you want, go for it. That's important. And so, though. yeah. And so that's the one thing that I always tell my son, like, what do you want to get out of life? Whatever you do. So that's the one thing I always tell my son, whatever you do, whether it be good or bad, you're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. So there's consequences. Mm-hmm. So those consequences are based off of what you do, mm-hmm. whether it's good, you're going to have a good result. If it's bad, then you're going to have a bad result. So you got to make sure you choose wisely. Yeah, that's very smart. Actually, mm-hmm. that's kind of like the strategy I use for myself. Whenever I'm going to make a decision, especially an right. important one, I always look at what's the worst that can happen and what's, what's the, the best, best that can happen. Mm, exactly. If I could deal with the worst, I'll make the decision. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's really good. Because good what if it works out? 
Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I think Tony Rob- Robbins would say that. What if it works out? Yeah. yeah. And then the resistance, the fear that you have of the outcome kind of like goes yeah. away or like softens up, you yeah. know, because what if it works out? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So your mom was always a positive influence, soccer mm-hmm. mom, extraordinaire, yeah. you know, so you had a pretty good foundation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then so tell us about, you know, uh your high school years and obviously you went to college and got your master's degree right <laughs> yeah with the minor in finance she <laughs> made sure i knew the difference because obviously you could tell i only have a bachelor's degree because <laughs> when, when i graduated that was good enough you know what i mean right. but then like five years later it was like that was a high school diploma you know what i mean and yeah. then, you know and then you gotta get your master's and now it's like you gotta have a phd and you exactly. know or else you have nothing right but yeah so tell us about that what made you decide to uh well, how was high school was it was it fine same thing or yeah so high school i was in orchestra i was in yearbook i was senator of my senior class wow like, so super achievement yeah i played basketball my junior year mm-hmm. i was just yeah what position like, did you play a guard guard okay yeah i hit threes oh there you <laughs> nice. go so you're a shooter i can still shoot yeah, oh, okay. i can still shoot awesome. yeah. i can't shoot no uh, my my best my best <laughs> move in basketball is called the turnover and then the next move is getting rejected so oh, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah my, no mine, mine was funny. more art and other kind of stuff right well that's the other thing is that's my mom awesome. also pushed like she didn't ever let us win so she, we always oh, played so cards and everything so she made sure there was a competitiveness in us that's mm-hmm. awesome. so one of the things that's kind of funny i mean i'm, I'm short i'm 411 without heels so okay. it's funny because my son's now taller than me oh, he's 12 and he's yeah. taller than me so we play basketball yeah. And I don't let him win. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Mom. I'm like, if I let you win, then I'm not helping you. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, it's that's right. so cool. true. Yeah. It's like you're enabling them, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, for me, it's like, if you got a trophy, it's because you actually did something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not just a participation. You earned it. Yeah. Earned it. You work for it. You yeah. busted your butt. You put yeah. in hours, you know, of I, work. I think we all kind of grew up in those generations where there was no participation trophies. Mm-hmm. If you sucked, you the sucked. kids let you know that you sucked, right? Yeah. Like, honestly, because I know, because I sucked, right? <laughs> but um, just kidding, right? Not really. Anyways, um... <laughs> but yeah it was not the era of participate right. but it's, it's true like if you build that confidence even if you suck it makes you tougher because you're always having to compete with those people that yeah. are better than you so you even just get better anyways right, right. or at least you tried it and maybe you're meant to do something else yeah exactly, exactly. at like least podcasting. you tried it uh, yeah. even if you suck at one thing you can be great at the other thing exactly. so you just gotta try it yeah i agree 100 yeah. percent. because you know i was more artistic all the time like that was my god-given time was art and mm-hmm. i was you know charismatic in high school and like i always had a lot of friends and stuff like that yeah. i was just never good at sports all my friends were really good at sports but i was the one that was not good at sports so it was kind of funny but anyways eh, you never i know. digress right <laughs> so you had a shot yes and that, see it's funny the, the story about you and your son so i was watching this thing on espn and it had this young kid who's really good at basketball he's like the star of the team mm-hmm. and he was telling the same story he's like my mom played basketball and she never let me win <laughs> so she taught me how to compete and compete and compete because yeah. he was kind of small like growing up right mm-hmm. eventually he grew you know big enough to play basketball but he's like i remember those times where my mom would not let me win and it made me want to work harder so that right. i could be my mom yeah be my mom right yeah yeah Yeah, it was funny because he was telling me he's like yeah i've been practicing basketball i was like oh really yeah so you think you beat me now and he's like i will one day i will i'm like i like that answer (laughs) that i will yeah (laughs) well i hope so you know (laughs) he's gonna tower over me eventually (laughs) like come on dude you're two feet tall you gotta gotta win now right (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So you played basketball and then uh, so you got you decided to go to college and you decided mm-hmm. to pursue math. I didn't want to. You didn't want to? Mm-mm. Tell us about that. How come? So senior year in high school, I became rebellious. Mm. Grew up in church, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's normal. Yeah, we you can know. talk about that. Right? It's normal. Yeah, I don't know. I heard all the church kids are the craziest ones. Well, you know, that's what they say. Pastors kids, preachers yeah. kids, they're the worst. Yeah. So... <laughs> You know, I'm not saying I was the worst, yeah. Yeah. but I mean, I had my moments. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, I became rebellious. Like, I was so sheltered where I couldn't even go to the movies, wow. couldn't go out with my friends, couldn't go to quinceañeras, couldn't mm. do anything. I never slept over. I never did anything. Yeah. Mm. So, senior year, I figured out this thing that, you know, if you ditch, you can do whatever you want. Nobody's going to know. Yeah. <laughs> funny i got a funny story about that it's like a rush yeah. right yeah. like yeah. you're doing something it's like oh my god i have this whole day to yeah. myself what yeah. am i gonna do yeah. right so yeah so senior year I, I ended up dating a football player of course you mm-hmm. know the whole story the basketball player and the football player Hi, yeah. Ironic. yeah i know right yeah. <laughs> there's no stories that start like that yeah um so yeah so it was like um I had a job because uh, I started working as early as I think I was like 14 years old when I mm. got my first job. Your dad's like, what took you so long? I started at five, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I, I was a freshman in high school and I was like, well, I want this and I want that. And yeah. my mom's like, well, you're getting this and you're getting that unless you get a job. Right. And I was mm-hmm. like, I guess I'm getting the job. Mm-hmm. So I took summer, summer um, work, you know. Dang, 14 you started working. Mm-hmm, so in the U.S., that's very young. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I think I started at 15 and I had to get like a work permit or something. Yeah, well, that's what it was. It was an after school kind of after school summer program. Okay. So they would pay you to basically run a sports and stuff. Why not? Well, perfect. <laughs> right up your alley. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. So what I ended up doing is I ended up uh, working for a company called P.O. Decimo. And what it was is basically I was like a camp counselor kind okay. of thing. So I did all the sports and all the outdoor activities and stuff. Worked like four or five hours a day and got paid i think at that time i think i was paying like maybe 12 bucks an hour or something like that and that's a lot of money to a 14 year old yeah yeah but it was a because again we were poor and i didn't know it yeah <laughs> we were allowed like because of where i grew up i was oh. allowed to participate in that program okay yeah so it was like the, yeah the it was like a area. scholarship kind of deal yeah, okay. mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I grew up in Barrio Hollywood. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know what that is, but it's sounds <laughs> Yeah, what bad. is that? <laughs> so, again, it's like, yeah, I mean... Tell the listeners, for they don't know what yeah. Barrio Hollywood is in Arizona. <laughs> so, it's an old barrio. It's basically a neighborhood. Okay. So like um, projects? No, we don't call it projects. It's okay. just... It's the barrio. It's the barrio. Yeah. You know, you grow up, it's between certain... Um, between Speedway and Grande. Okay. And it's like a block of houses okay and basically if you grew up in Barrio hollywood like you know it was like the place or whatever yeah. so but then over on the other side of speedway there was barrio sovaco and on the other side it was menlo park so you know it's just different neighborhoods yeah. different names for different neighborhoods mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so like i said like i grew up in what they would consider to this day oh my god that's a gang related area that's mm. a dangerous area of town etc but we grew up there. Mm-hmm. So it was like, whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and we would walk everywhere. It was normal to you. Yeah. So, I mean, you grew up in certain neighborhoods. You went to certain schools. You mm-hmm. grew up together, that kind of deal. So yeah. it was kind of cool. And it was normal to you because it's just how you grew up. Right. I mean, it's like the people that you live next to. So, yeah. you know, yeah, there might have been some gang-related activity, mm-hmm. drugs, whatever, but it didn't affect us. Yeah. 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 I feel the same way because um, in the Philippines, I grew up there until I was 10 years old. 
And every time I want to go visit my old neighborhood, my mom would always like, no, you're not going to go there. I'm like, why not? <laughs> yeah. Like, I grew up there. It's my right. birthright to go visit. But, you know, it, it's sketchy. It's, yeah. you know, you want to get robbed or anything. But I was like, man, I, you know, I can still, I can still speak the language. I can talk to people. But obviously, they look at me you know, like, oh, you're coming from America. Yeah. And then you would get looked at differently. Yeah. But like, in my buddy. heart, like, yeah. I was a little girl over there. Well, it's the know? same thing. Like, my dad's never been to Zacatecas since he left. Oh. Oh, God. And it. I'm like, Dad, you need to go back to your homeland. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no. He goes, they're going to steal everything from yeah. me. Like, And I go, My yeah. dad's That's like a- that, too, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. But yeah. It, it is really dangerous. Yeah. Well, I mean, if the you key go, is to go to poor, looking yeah. poor like you got nothing. Mm. Yeah. Like that's the key, and that's the way you'll get away with it. But certain parts of Mexico are dangerous, and yeah. some are okay. But it's true, I guess, since they grew up there, and if their friends and family know, and they go, right. "Oh, they they live on el otro lado," right? Yeah. They got money. They just think you have money, right? Mm. Right. By the way, people of the world. Every American does not have money, okay? So don't right. rob them just because they're American. <laughs> we all got to work too. Yeah, so. right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay, so, and then tell us about your, so how did you start to rebel, you said? Yeah. Okay, so senior year of high school, so it was like, you know, I was so, like I said, my mom always had was like on a schedule. Mm-hmm. So I always ran seven classes a year. Wow. Like I never did anything less. So when I got to my senior year, I just needed two classes to graduate. So you're pretty much done. I was done and I basically checked out. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. It's... And I got this close to not graduating. Oh, jeez. Like... You know, it's a funny story because I was just like you, very sheltered, parents mm-hmm. control. Because, you know, in high school, they can watch everything and everything. I know. And then I remember I was like, I'm going to cut one day. Like one day. Because this is how like un crazy i was because i was so sheltered yeah the one day i cut i got caught yeah and then i got in trouble and then i got a grade take one of my grades got lowered and 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 messed with my gpa one day out of the entire four years right uh just because i you know whatever but i mean i understand what you mean because when i got to college sorry parents this is the first time you're gonna learn about this this is probably one of the reasons it took me eight years to graduate from college (laughs) You guys know the truth now. Just kidding. <laughs> Edit that, right? I didn't. I didn't. I never attended because I was free. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute. You mean my parents don't, don't know that I'm here? I don't have to be here. And then by then, I was, you know, I had a lot of friends. I was mm-hmm. kind of like that was like my real popular uh, era of my life. So I just didn't go to class at yeah. all, and I was just out having fun all mm-hmm. the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry, parents, but uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I just wanted to share that because we have a very similar story mm-hmm. about the minute we were free. Right. So by the way, if you're a parent out there, I know you want to do the best for your kids, but it's always not the best to really hold them down and shelter them because eventually they're going to probably rebel or do something stupid, right? But Or just go out there to try to experience it, right? right. You know, Don't let them do whatever they want either, but you know, maybe kind of find a, a, a fine line in between there, right? Right. So it's kind of funny up. that you said you got caught. Yeah. So on one of those days that I was coming back from 4th Avenue, which is where we would go to just kind of look at the shops, whatever, it was because I went to Tucson High. It's literally like the next block over where it was like 4th Avenue. And there's like all kinds of like little like it's like a hipster kind of where there's like I mean, you'd love it. They they do everything from like their smoke shops, there's tie dye places like everything's like, you know, it's very creative. basically. Exactly. Sounds like a hate street in San Francisco. Yeah, tie dye shirts. And yeah, everything. Smoke shops. <laughs> Every it's it's total chill, and then there's mm. like a Dairy Queen, and so it was like the thing to do if it's you were a place to, to go. Right, yeah. teenager, and yeah. you just walk. You don't even need a car. Right. Yeah. So I'm walking back 
Because <laughs> my mom like, told you she was always on time. Yeah. Pick us up. And I'm walking back. And me, the smart one that yeah. I am, I'm walking outside this way instead of coming around the other yeah, way the my backwards. mom's parked and she's looking at me and i'm just like oh geez <laughs> like, like oh because uh. she would tell me she's like well they called this from the school i was like ah they're messed up you know they don't know what they're talking about <laughs> you know yeah. it's like one of those things that yeah yeah it was to a point where i couldn't get away with it mm. anymore but um yeah so senior year like i basically let go of all my electives and just focused on those two classes i was like i don't want to be here mm-hmm and I ended up just working more. And that's when it's, I started realizing. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first time that ever happened, by the way. My, my head you, is small. Yeah. Like, is that the tightest? I think you so. Good? I don't know. We'll okay. find out. Okay. That's right. well, I'll make sure to get some smaller headphones for. Okay. Right. <laughs> so basically, what ended up happening was I started correlating freedom. Uh, with working oh so it's kind of that's where i became a workaholic okay Mm. so i was like okay if i work if i go to school for two classes and then i can work the rest of the day i'll make more money whatever whatever so i was like i don't want to go to college i'm Mm -hmm. I'm tired of school because i i literally like i said i would fill up my entire schedule Mm -hmm. with like all these extracurriculars Mm -hmm. and everything i ended up making a speech at our high school graduation i don't even know what i said wow (laughs) and now i'm like I wish I would have like recorded it, but I mean, yeah. this was pre 1998, yeah. guys. Yeah, 1995. Hey, so I know, right? <laughs> so, I yeah. mean, I had a cell phone in 1998, yeah. but it was like a block yeah. and it flipped down, and I was like, oh, you wow. know, a big old box, you know. Yeah. But I mean, it's like now I look back and I'm like, man, like I had the opportunity to speak to my graduating yeah. class, and mm-hmm. I have no idea what I said. Yeah, well, I mean. Yeah, we don't think it about happens. those things when we're young, you know. So, right? what inspired? You, what was it? Like you were just burned out? Like you I were think that's tired? what it was. Yeah. Like I was just tired of of almost being told what to do. Oh, got it. Like got being it. put in a box, and I was just mm-hmm. like, another four years of this. I was mm-hmm. like, school for another four yeah. years. Like I was like, no. And so I didn't apply for any colleges. I didn't apply for any scholarships. I did everything they tell you, you know, everything backwards from what yeah. they tell you to do. So they always tell you, fill out your FAFSA forms, fill out your college applications. I didn't do any of that. No, I ain't filling out shit, right? Pretty much. I was like, uh-uh, not Well, me. it seems like it was time for you to start thinking for yourself. Right. Even though you had this discipline foundation, now it's it's my turn to start thinking about what I really want to do. Yeah, I was this so. close from signing up for the military. Wow. That's I almost signed up for military, too. I, I, was, I was at the Army recruitment office because again the boyfriend oh jeez. so Uh he was Was going to the army Army? Mm -hmm. he was going to the army and he's like well i don't want to leave you but like i was just like oh do i want to go to the army (laughs) and funny thing is is i took an aptitude test and the number one score on there was to be an army sergeant wow Wow. so i was like maybe i do belong in the army so you hit you graded the highest score that was my highest score like those jobs that i could take Mm. Mm, and awesome. I was just like, hmm, interesting. You had to put your way to a solid 60 grand a year. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> the benefits. Anyway, nothing wrong if you make 60 grand a year, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you guys will learn about how much he makes now. Anyways, <laughs> not about how much, but her career is a lot better than that right now. But anyway, yeah. so yeah, so you almost went to the Army. Mm-hmm. But at least you tried it. You did the test. I, I mean, I, I did because I was like, you know what? Like, what? Am, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Right, right. And like I always said, I was I was like um, I, I was always in retail. So mm-hmm. like I started my retail career when I was I think it was sixteen mm-hmm. when I started working in retail. And for me, it was just that customer experience mm-hmm. that 
conversation, meeting new people every day, you know, being in that kind of environment. It was just, it was easy for me. Mm-hmm. And um, just being able to meet new people and talk, new yeah. conversation, meet new stories every day. It was natural for you. Right. Yeah. You realize so, you needed to be around people. Right. And okay. so what I ended up doing is after I had um, my first taste in retail, then I was like, well, I'll just work my way up. Right. So that day came where I was almost about to graduate and my mom sat me down. She's like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm going to the army. <laughs> um, I did tell her that too. Oh, wow. She's like, I- I'm going to go. And she says, oh, that boy is all wrong for you. And I was just like, <laughs> made me run into his arms even yeah. more, you know, because yeah. at that age, you're just like, I don't want to hear it. I just want to do whatever yeah. I want to do. Yeah. And um, it was one of those things. And she was just like, you know, she prayed for me, all that stuff. And it was, it was, I remember it was this, my senior year of high school. It was April 14th. It was a uh, Passover weekend. And every year there was an annual convention. And so I went and I was just like, oh, I guess I'll be here. You know, whatever. Being the rebellious kid that I was. Right. And then that's when I actually got baptized for my time to get baptized. And I felt the calling and I felt like... I felt like freedom all of a sudden. Mm. And I was just like, I almost felt like something was lifted, like something that was always like on my chest and stuff. And Mm. I finally was just like, let it go. I let go of everything, anger, upset, whatever. And that was like my rebirth kind of situation. It's like your ego left. Yeah. And it was almost because I didn't really know what my purpose was. Mm. I didn't know what I was supposed to do or who I was supposed to be. And I was always told you have to do this, 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 and this. And it was always about religion versus about relationship. And that moment was when I realized like, oh shoot, like, you know. It is about relationship. It's about a relation. Like I'm actually talking to you. Like this is real, you know. And I can't explain it. Nobody can explain it. Everyone has their own relationships and everyone has their own encounters. I've been slain in the spirit. So I kind of understand what you... I mean, I don't know if that's what happened to yeah, you. Yeah, pretty much. I yeah. was crying uncontrollably. Yeah. So I know yeah. that. And it's like out of body experience. And mm-hmm. you're like, I mean, I'm not religious and spiritual, but that made me just understand that there is a, a higher power. power. There's something bigger and greater than us. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I, I understood. So you were yeah. saying the spirit. Wow. Yeah. That's a powerful, 17. powerful experience. Yeah. Especially at 17. Jeez. Yeah. And so it was almost like, again, my dad's a minister. My mom minister's wife you know very fervent prayers reading the bible all the time so it was one of those things where it was inevitable you know yeah they were so loyal and so you know committed to that that it was gonna happen Mm -hmm. so for me it was it was like oh okay this is real (laughs) like you know and then after that everything in my life started changing wow uh got rid of the boyfriend um actually lost a lot of friends yeah. Because I literally went from one extreme to the other. Yeah, it's addition it, by subtraction. Right. You but left then, one tribe and you're entering a new Right. One. But then I changed my outer exper- appearance as well. Oh, okay. Because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. Mm. Mm. So it's like that? a spiritual awakening. Yes. Yeah. But like, for instance, I went from wearing tight jeans and little shirts to wearing long skirts all the way to the uh, ground and like fully covered so and like no makeup. Almost Amish. One extreme to the other. Yeah. Right. So I lost a lot of friends. I did. Mm. Even yeah. my best friend, she's like, I don't even know you. Wow. Like, what's going on? Like, you know, did you, are you abandoning me? You left your boyfriend. Are you leaving me too? And I was like, it's not about you. 
and I love my best friend. Her name's Yvette, and uh, she lives in Baltimore. We've been best friends since the first day of high school. Wow. Like, um, she was always like my confidant, the person that I, you know, confided in and everything. She knew all my secrets. Yeah. And so, one of the things that she did that I will never forget is she wrote me a letter. Oh, oh my God. Back to <laughs> the letters again, right? Yeah. She yeah. wrote me a letter and she said, I want to apologize for being so, um, not thinking about your feelings mm. and only thinking about how I felt. Was that recently or was that? No, this was when we were seniors in oh, high school. Wow. And that's important because if that's like your best friend and was, you guys yes. lose each other. That's, that's actually impactful on you. And the fact that she, she said, I just, I don't understand what you're going through, mm. but I know who you are. And I know that if this is something that you're going through that you, I'm, I just want to tell you I'm here. That's awesome. And I'm sorry for how I acted. That's awesome. And I was just like, wow. I was like, okay, so I didn't lose my best friend. Because yeah. <laughs> it's hard, you know, especially being a teenager yeah. and having to almost like figure out what you're going to do next. Yeah. And hopefully you have those people in your life that help you through that. But people turn your, their back on you mm -hmm. and they turn their back on you fast. Mm -hmm. And I've had that happen all throughout my life. Mm -hmm. But the one person that I can always count on is her. Yeah. Like, Again, we've been best friends since the first day of high school that we were 14 years old at Are the you time. guys still really Yeah, we're good still really close. Wow. Yeah. That's very rare, especially when yeah. it comes to women. No. Because like usually <laughs> I talk to Excuse me? No, the reason. It's so true, I talk though. to girls like, what yeah. happened to your best friend? Ah, fuck that bitch. I'm like, what happened? It's a guy. It's a guy that breaks <laughs> breaks them up. It's always yeah. a guy, right? It's yeah. over some dude or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm like, geez. Guys can beat each other up and still be like great friends after that. Exactly. I mean? so, anyway, I, mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's not it's like true, that, but though. that's my experience, guys. Yeah, I mean, that's Isaac's don't, experience. Don't kill me, right? But, but yeah, I mean, that's just from my experience when yeah. I've seen that girls. But that's awesome. So yeah. you guys are still great friends. Yeah, still. Like I can text her at any time and she'll answer me okay. like within awesome. minutes. Like, so, yeah, so you, you were slain in the spirit. Mm -hmm. You had like a spiritual awakening. You said, man, this is real. And then now what? Well, then that's when my mom sat me down and had that conversation. Like, what are you going to do? Mm. And that's when I decided I'm going to work full time. Okay. And then during that summer, um, I was very, very, and this is one of the, one of the reasons why I, I know it sounds silly, but I want to make a lot of money because I want to do this, that help those kids that to have the opportunity that I had when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. So there was a program called talent search. Okay. And again, lower income families mm -hmm. didn't know about it so talent search actually gave us the opportunity to go to different schools different avenues to kind of figure out what you want to do yeah, with your life to mm -hmm. prep them because their yes. parents or their whoever was taking care of them probably didn't know right so talent search you know i i ended up visiting the military base i ended up visiting different colleges and there was this one school and i mean a lot of people don't know about it it's devry university yeah i know devry yeah DeVry. Well, i remember <laughs> they the commercials were always all, all over i think they're still around they yeah. are still around so but it's a private college right so one of the things that they talked about was to be able to work on school specifically for your job Right. So it was like a fast track to so focus your education. career. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, for me, it was what I wanted to hear. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm going to do this. So I, I went with my mom. We drove to Phoenix because the campus was in mm -hmm. Phoenix. 
and it's about a two-hour drive and the whole way up there she was like are you sure you want to do this mm-hmm. like is this really what you want to do because that meant i would have to move out of home but that um, what i do appreciate about your mom is that she asked you instead of told you right she always mm-hmm. gave you the option and the choice yeah. which is powerful yeah she's a great mom she's a super mom <laughs> hello shout out to your mom adelaida 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 mm-hmm. shout out to you adelaida you're awesome yeah. <laughs> yeah and so for me it was like a whole drive up there was like is this really what you want to do mm-hmm. you know if you decide it's not what you want to do no big deal we get to the campus went through the whole thing and they're like well you have to take a test because I never took, I never took the SATs. I never mm. took the ACTs. I didn't take any of yeah. those tests. I was that was like, when you were rebelling. You're like, I don't like tests. Yeah. So, like anytime I can avoid them, I do. But then you aced that military test, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, Funny thing, right? Yeah. Um. So it's because you know, if you want something, you go after there you go, right? <laughs> no, it. Comes you back work tomorrow. hard and you get it. Exactly. Yeah. So I ended up. It was a. I think it was a math test or something. Mm-hmm. Math and also English or whatever that I had to take because I never took those yeah. exams. And I passed it like no problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't excel, but I passed yeah. it with no problem. And they took me a tour of the campus, the whole thing, talked to me about these are the different options. And my whole thing, because I fell in love with retail and fashion. So my whole thing was, I want to be Rachel Green. Mm. I want to be a buyer for Bloomingdale's. Wow. That was my goal. That mm. was my dream. So your dream was fashion industry. Yes. Somehow. Okay. So funnily enough, they had that, that that was a career path. But it was just as basic as getting a business administration, you know, degree. So I was like, okay, I can do that. Yeah. What sold me is that it was two years and eight months and you're done. Wow. Again, the fast track, right? (laughs) Fast track. I like that track. (laughs) So I ended up graduating at 20 years old with my bachelor's degree. Yeah. Wow. I I graduated from high school in 1995. I didn't graduate from college till 2003. I beat you. I was on the slow track. (laughs) They're like four years. I'm like, nah, let's double that. Let's go eight. Right? <laughs> Fast track, slow track. Yeah. So. That school was not just for me. Get I was just get on track. Well, it wasn't there, for me was either. That's what I was like, I got to get out. Like, well, how can I get out of here quicker? Yeah. So it was literally three semesters You're like my sister, though. My sister, this is how bad it was. My sister is five, almost five years younger than me. She almost got her master's before I got my bachelor's degree. <laughs> I was like, that's why I was like, oh, shoot, I better hurry up. My sister's going to pass me up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's crazy. Sorry, parents, but yeah. <laughs> Look at me now. <sighs> Just kidding, right? <laughs> nice haircut. Yeah. Look at me now. Nice hair. See, so eight years in college and you have nice hair. <laughs> Just, just kidding. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So you, you graduated at 20. 20 years old. Wow. What happened yeah. after that? Um, after that, I ended up moving back to Tucson. So my whole college career, just to kind of get an idea, you were wondering about the driving. So I lived in Phoenix from Monday through Friday Uh, and went to school. So you went home on the weekends and Friday night, Friday afternoon after my last class, I would drive to Tucson and go to my, to go to my job at 5 PM. Oh wow. So you, you worked in Tucson and you went to school in Phoenix. Yeah. I was working for Dillard's. Oh, oh well, Friday it was, it was and Saturday right, it was and right Sunday. In, the, in your area of which you wanted it to be. Okay. Exactly. So my th- I kept looking for that angle. How do I get to where I want to go? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, the summer before I started college, I was full time at J C Penney. Okay. There's still J C Penney around here. I I'm I don't not. Know. Sure. I know they're closing yeah. them. <laughs> so like, Online, I think. Yeah. So I did Dillard's on the weekends. Uh-huh. Um, and of course I had to go to church. So you know. Wow. The thing about Dillard's is that they're family owned, so they were open from twelve to six every day. 
okay. every Sunday versus like other, you know, big so retail big ones. retailers. What is uh, is this a retail store? Uh, clothing Dillard's? store? Yeah, okay. they're they're the only to this day they're the only family owned business. Wow, retail big box retailer. Okay, yeah. So and they the reason why they were successful even through COVID was because they own the buildings. They're like a McDonald's. They own mm. the buildings. Uh, they don't pay rent. So they don't have smart. to worry about it. Yeah. So it's like real estate slash retail. Exactly. Because mm. they're still family owned and operated. Mm. So it makes yeah. a big difference. Yeah. And that is so, and that's crazy because you said they're only open 12 to 6 on Sunday, which is most retail places. That's like the busiest. So they're right. open all day. Right. Yeah. So then what happens? So here's what I would do. So I would go to Sunday school from 10 to 11. <laughs> Go to go to Dillers for work from twelve to six. Come back for the five to nine, five five or I think it was five to nine or five to eight um service. Yeah, and then you drive back. to And Phoenix? then I would sleep, and then at six a.m. I would leave for my eight a.m. class. Oh wow! Yeah, so, and the traff the time the it's a hundred miles. Okay. Each way from Tucson to Phoenix. So you were always on the go. I was always I've. I don't know how to stop. So it all makes <laughs> sense now. <laughs> so when I ended up moving to California, it was like no big deal to drive 20, you know, 20 minutes here, 30 minutes there, an hour. I yeah. was like, whatever. Yeah. Like to me, it didn't phase me. When did you move to California? So when I moved back after college, I moved back to Tucson. I moved back in with mom and dad, which yeah. was like weird because all of a sudden I had to report to somebody again. Yeah. 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 That was after fun. The, after the three years of independence, right? Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So then I was like, where are you going? What time are you going to be here? Who are you going to be with? I was like, really? I'm like, okay. Yeah, unfortunately, no matter how old we get, we're still our parents' children, That's for sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of nice. I was like, oh, you care. <laughs> yeah. You care. I'm, I'm old enough and you still yeah, care. Yeah. Okay. It depends because there's, there's caring and then there's controlling. So it right. depends on the too. question, I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So anyways, yeah. So. Yeah, so I moved back and I ended up working as a department manager for Mervyn's. You know, oh, Mervyn's I remember exist. Mervyn's. Yeah, they yeah, don't exist. They don't exist Not anymore. The yeah. And they had a fast track to an executive position. But for whatever reason, because of the way I started, I couldn't get into that program. Hmm. And that kind of pissed me off a little bit. Yeah. I was like, seriously? So I was with them for like, I think two or three, maybe about two years. Mm -hmm. You didn't find out till after two years that you couldn't get into that program? Um, I found out within a year. Okay. But you and they're like, well, out. you can still get there, but you're going to have to do this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but if I would have started like as an intern, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. as an internship, then I would have started at the executive level once I graduated. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know all of that. Again, yeah. like I was working at different places. So you just, you don't know until you figure it out, right? So I ended up taking an assistant store manager position with Champ Sports. Okay. And I worked with Champs and I was there maybe about six months and I was on the fast track because you start as an assistant manager at Champs and then you graduate to a store manager. Mm -hmm. The thing with um, Champs though is that nobody is going to leave their store, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to leave to go get your story. Right. So They're I, not going to be like, you could take my job. No. <laughs> no. You're cool. Yeah. I don't need this job anyways. Like, I've only been here 75 go years. Go over there. Yeah. <laughs> so no. I ended up taking the first available store manager position, which uh, was out in Cerritos, California. Okay. Cerritos. SoCal. Cerritos. SoCal. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I know Cerritos. I lived in Southern California for almost 10 years. So Yeah. And so I'm the competitive type. I worked in Norwalk. So right there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah you're yeah. like right over. It's like right by Long Beach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my brother and I 
basically both got a store manager position ran right after the other. You know, I'm competitive. Yeah. I was like, oh, heck S- no. Same, like, same company? No, he actually worked for Aldo Shoes. Oh, okay. I like yeah. Aldo, by the no, way. No, not Aldo. Sorry. Oh, never mind. Edit that out. DSW? No. Um, Jay Stevens, which has like the Echo brand. Oh, mm. Okay. Yeah. They're like the fancy upscale oh, okay. shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Must be Arizona based. <laughs> California. <laughs> oh. it must be SoCal based. <laughs> SoCal. Yeah. yeah. It SoCal. sounds like a SoCal. But, but there, there is like regional stores. Like yes. In Southern California, they have, uh, well, now they have Albertsons up here. But back when I lived there, it was like Albertsons. And mm-hmm. they didn't have Albertsons up in Northern California. Right. Mm. Even Florida, they have this grocery store called Publix. Mm. which is like the most famous grocery store. And I never heard of a Publix in my life. I'm like, what's Publix? They're like, you don't yeah. know what a Publix is? I'm like, no, I'm from California. Well, it's like Fry's, Fry's Food and Drug in Tucson and in Arizona. We oh, have wow. a Fry's, Fry's electronic right. store. Yeah. No, it's Fry's Food and Drug. But everywhere else across the U.S., it's known as Kroger. Ah, okay. Interesting. Yes. Did but it start in Arizona? No, because Kroger acquired Fry's, oh. but Fry's kept their name. That was the mm. deal that they made with Kroger for them to acquire. Wow, that's interesting. So they left the family name. You know, mm-hmm. something about the name. You know. Hey, I mean, long time family if you business. Worked in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they kept they kept the family name in in Arizona. That was oh. the deal that they made. So now you're in Cerritos. I'm in Cerritos, California. So you moved. You basically said, I'm out. Well, my brother was already there. So like two months later, I I joined him. Okay. And it was like, it was him and I, you know, I was never by myself at that point. That's usually a better way. Yeah. So I mean, my brother and I, we were like, he's, he was born in uh, December of 81 and I was born in August of 80. So it's like. So you guys are like the closest. Yeah. We were Mm -hmm. like buddies right so and that's not that far from arizona either right Cerritos? um it's about uh, a good eight hours oh it's still eight hours yeah oh, okay interesting yeah okay well so yeah. you guys are in cerritos now <laughs> as man as managers completely. yeah so he's at jay stevens upper scale you know men's dress shoes so he always had nice shoes <laughs> he did he still has like a ton of shoes he's a shoeaholic but that, that's what happens that's sometimes. what ha- well if i told you how many pairs of shoes of jordans that i have and i still have oh wow like ballin yeah, yeah baller those are worth a lot yeah of money so now. i've got like uh, the 20s that nobody ever really knew about or did mm. i have those and like i have a crazy shoe collection i used to have over 100 pairs of tennis shoes i got rid of most of them and i was wow. like why did you do-? i was like storage <laughs> yeah. where are you gonna put them it's probably worth thousands and thousands yeah of dollars, well i though. ended up getting rid of a lot of them i, I would gift them like oh. if i found a kid that they were my size i'm like here here you go and they're like what donated basically yeah that's yeah. abundant it'll come back to you awesome. it was it was fun to watch them but when they started creasing, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> you're like, like, no. You're not, you're not supposed, supposed to, to do that. Yeah, you're not supposed to wear those things. You're supposed to look at them. But they got worn for their purpose. <laughs> yeah. They earned their purpose. So it's yeah. good. It's I just, okay. I just recently bought my first pair of Jordans. Yeah. You know, I had all, I had them all when we were young, right? I didn't. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> That's why I bought them all. Oh. <laughs> like... Well, I had them, uh, not all, but I had them growing up, right? Uh-huh. And um, I just bought the pair of Retro 4s. And okay. they were like, almost $400 for those yeah. things. And I was like, well, now I'm like, why did I buy this? I can't even wear them. <laughs> I'm not really why into not? that. Because, I mean, they're not you, your style. you mess them up. Oh, because right? yeah. you mess them up. Yeah. yeah. Like, Once they're all, creased, they're ruined. Yeah, it's almost like I wear them and basically I can't flip them or, or right. they're not going to go up in value anymore. Or I just let them sit there and let them go up in value and then let you keep them or, or, or sell mm-hmm. them to somebody else in the future. So. Exactly. 
Wow. So you had all these shoes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I had a closet just for the shoes, you know? Yeah. I'm like, why not? Is this stems from uh, playing basketball, obviously? That's well, why. Yeah. I mean, I've always been into sports. Yeah. Was yeah. Jordan your favorite player growing yes. up? Yes. And I have okay. a bunch of clippings, a bunch. Do you like, know his ridiculous. basketball cards are worth a lot of money? And right I now? think I have some, to be honest with you. Mm. I I'll really buy them off you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd sell them. But <laughs> no, I even have these commemorative plates. Like oh, really? all these crazy. Because my mom knew how obsessed I was with Jordan. I literally would clip out the clippings when he played baseball, the oh. whole thing. Um, because I was always into that. Yeah. His and rookie just sold for $750,000. It's crazy. But it's in mint condition. Like yeah. that's the thing. You can't find those like, no. in mint condition, but even a, a one in kind of poor condition is still about $15,000. No, of course. I the mean, rookie. Yeah. It's hard to find. Yeah. All right. So Space Jam. Yeah. Space Jam. And that was fun. Looney Tunes. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. watched it when I was probably like six or seven. I don't remember. Oh, I was God. really young. I'm like, you're making me feel old right now. No, it was like, <laughs> I love Jordan. What? Yeah, I'm older than both of you guys. so. But yeah, but now LeBron is like the new Space Jam guy. Yeah. Um, I respect him as a person, but not as like yeah. the next. That's Jordan always like the debate. Like, it's funny. I mean. For me, I don't care because I was a Spurs fan. So me, it was right. like Tim Duncan that nobody cares about. Robinson. No, he was good. Yeah, he was great. Like yeah. they won a lot of championships, but like he, he gets no love because he yeah. was like boring. You know what I mean? Like right. he was just Mr. Fundamental. Like, mm-hmm. you know, didn't, wasn't like flashy, you know, right. all this kind of stuff. And, and, um, well, that's the thing is people love to hate people. So if yeah. someone like calls attention to themselves, then it's like automatically. So that's what they say. No polarizing. No publicity is bad publicity. Yeah, exactly. Because the more people mm-hmm. say your name, the more you get out there. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, you know. But at least what I feel like from our generation and stuff is I'm just happy that I got to live through the Jordan era, the mm-hmm. Kobe era and Duncan era. And then now the LeBron era. Right. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Like those are three, probably the greatest NBA players that ever right. lived, at least in our generation, some older folks like, no, Bill Russell, he run twelve tens. I'm like, I don't know Bill Russell, right? Right. But we got to see all three. But one you know. of the things that Jordan did that stood out as a whole, mm-hmm. um, everyone's familiar with Tom Brady, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What does Tom Brady and Jordan have in common? Winning championships. Championships, but why? Why do they win championships? Mentality. Mental. Mentality. Mindset. But what's the biggest thing that they do? They practice all the time, like Obsessed nonstop. With it. Yes. Yeah. And train and train and train. But yeah. what's the one thing that they do that nobody really pays attention to? Self talk. No. They make everybody else better. Yes, leadership. Yeah. They know and recognize the weaknesses and the strengths in each of the players that they work with and surround themselves with. So Jordan would even say, and even Pippen would say it, and all of these guys, they would would just come and say, well, it's because he knew when I was open. Yeah. Mm. He was big on assists and oh, he wasn't about the credit. He yeah. was about the team mm-hmm. and, and the winning. environment yeah. and winning. So he's like, if I'm not going to hit the shot, but somebody else has it, I'm going to pass the ball. Yeah. And that's the one thing like, you know, LeBron James has made his name because he's always gone and done it. Right. Gotten it done. Right. But he hasn't utilized his skill set to actually see the big picture. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that you can say. You know, like me personally, I don't, I don't really follow football or anything, but I respect Tom Brady. As you a have to respect. I'm a Raiders fan, by like, the way, and I call Tom Brady the goat. Most Raiders fans hate, hate Tom Brady because of the tuck rule, which was BS. That was a fumble. But I mean, the dudes won more championships than every single like f- football organization, right? 
Like he has more rings than every team that's ever existed. That's so yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, and he's, he's like, get more. he's yeah. like the skinny guy. Nobody really yeah. like Nobody paid really attention to. It's and the same with Jordan. Yeah. Same, same yeah. idea, same thing, same concept. The difference is, is that they don't dominate the game. They dominate the industry in which they're looking at the full picture. Yeah. Like who's going to get me the win? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not I'm going to get the win. No, yeah. like who's going to help me get the win? Yeah, and that's they, crazy. They corral their team. And they like pour into them and they push them past their, what they think is their abilities. Leaders, like you said, leaders get the best out of you. And sometimes you don't like them because of it because they push you. Right. Because nobody likes to be pushed, especially average or people that are not playing to the potential. But Mm -hmm. a leader will see you and be like, no, you can do more. Step it up. And sometimes they're not nice about it. Like (laughs) I watched, you know, I don't know if you guys watched um, the documentary, um, The Last Dance. I haven't. A lot of his teammates hated Jordan. Yeah. They hated him because he would check them. He would call them out because they, he wanted them to rise up to his level. Like right. he was not going to allow them to mm-hmm. stay yeah. down there, right? But then, you know, that's why they won six championships, right? right. They could probably could have had eight, eight, but mm-hmm. he retired for those two years of right. baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like in Tom Brady too, like uh, Antonio Brown, the troubled receiver that the Raiders couldn't handle. And right. then he went to the Patriots and then all of a sudden he got released. Well, Tom's like, I'm moving you into my house. Like, right. Who would do that, you know? And then they won a Super Bowl because of it, mm-hmm. you know? But but no one could really handle him except for Brady because he's a leader. He's great with people. Exactly. Same thing probably with Jordan. He builds others up, basically. Right. Yeah. What they did. Well, he pulls yeah. out their greatness. Yeah. Like, he awesome. identifies each and every individual. It's right. like, you know, we can't all be hands. We can't all be feet. So right. who's going to put the hand out? Who's going to put the foot out? Let's work together so that we cross that finish line together. So it's a big deal. So when you see people, like, it doesn't matter what industry. Like, you can identify a leader just by based on the people that they surround themselves with. Yeah. Because it shows who they are as an individual mm-hmm. of who's following them. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously we both come from leadership organizations and, and, and even reading books and stuff. Uh, they say leadership is is everything yeah. i mean it's churches sports teams businesses it's all about leadership right right and leadership is kind of a lonely and tough position too uh because you you, you leadership is not about being liked Mm-mm. it's about getting the getting most results. out of people and getting results right and if you want to be liked you cannot be a leader yeah you can't be a leader <laughs> no can't. i mean honestly like and i i've I've had to grow a lot in that area because I grew up wanting to be liked all the time. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. And then I learned recently that, okay, well, if you want to be liked, like you said, just uh, I, I either go start selling ice cream or I'm an entrepreneur and I have to sometimes be the unlikable person. Right. But because I understand it's the best for everybody and it's the exactly. best, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I never really, I never thought of that, but I do know like that book relentless right tim oh, grover it's a great book yeah so Love that book. so that Le- Le- he says lebron is not a cleaner Mm-mm. jordan was a cleaner so yep. what a cleaner is that type of person where yeah. they're obsessed they pick up everything like they they pick everything up mm-hmm. they're leaders they they elevate everything brett Favre was like that too in the yeah, nfl he was good like he was not like the best statistically because he was just a wild gunslinger like and he was like party too much and stuff but he they said when he stepped on the field everybody's playing yeah like yeah. everybody was like yeah so anyways so that's how brady is right but on a different level you know exactly and it's like nobody so um that's it's one of the things that i've learned is that not everyone's gonna like you Mm -hmm. but you got to command that respect yeah 
And when you command that respect, whether they like you or not, they're going to follow you. It's you like just you got to like you. That's it. Like yourself. You have to like, exactly. Yeah. You have to have your own, you know, association. Yeah. There's there's that thing that you want, like you're, you crave that attention. I can't remember what speaker talks about that. But basically, when if you're not getting the attention that you want, you're craving it from other people. Yeah. But you don't need someone else to validate you. Mm-hmm. You just need to make sure that you know inside yeah. of you like yeah. what you're worth. And if your Agreed. heart's in the right place and it's for a good reason, they will right. eventually realize it later. Exactly. Like my dad was a leader and, and I, I, we used to butt heads all the time young. And like, I even told him I hate him sometimes. <laughs> and he's like, you hate me now, but you're going to thank me later. Yeah. And then... Sure enough. Imagine that. Imagine being strong enough as a father that your kid literally is telling you he hates yeah. you. I mean, he's, he probably that was thought, me and my mom. Yeah, he probably <laughs> thought I was a stupid little kid anyways. Like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. But then later, I would realize it and be like, oh my gosh, dad, like thank blow. you so much. Like, <laughs> wow, I cannot believe. Like, you know, so yeah. anyways. It's very true, though. So Jordan was the GOAT, in your opinion. Yes. Okay. All time nobody's gonna take yeah. that from him yeah. like i agree everything but then you know you got kids that never they never, never saw never him. saw jordan i have a wizard jersey okay with jordan that's how obsessed i was with wow. jordan yeah yeah um, i didn't get as far as getting a socks jersey do <laughs> <laughs> you know i came close yeah but like i remember i was so obsessed with him so i was in i was in college and I was in Phoenix at the time and I went to a Phoenix Suns game where they were playing the Wizards and I was like, please be here, please be here, please be here. I swear, one day I will meet him face to face. I will. Yeah. I guarantee it. Everything that I say, it comes comes I, to be. So. Trust sure, me. put it out in the universe. I've been saying it for years. but He's going to watch this, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to watch this, right, Michael? Come on. <laughs> right. Come on, yeah. And so... Um, it was funny because uh, two years ago I was in Chicago and I went to I went to his restaurant. So I was like, yeah. oh. "Has a restaurant? Does he Michael live, Jordan restaurant? Does yeah. he live in Chicago? or Does he live in Charlotte? Because of his basketball team? I have no idea where he lives now. I have lost track of him. Because you know he's the owner. Of the, <laughs> I have he's the owner of the Charlotte track. basketball team now. Oh really? Yeah, he's been the owner for like ten years or something like that. North Carolina. Yeah. Hmm. So well, that's where he, he grew he up. He might be in North Carolina. Because um, yeah, don't, makes I don't sense. don't quote me on it, but he's the owner of the basketball team. Lamelo Ball, the hottest rookie right now in the NBA, is on his team. Nice. So Jordan had a really hard time being a GM. He was really bad for like the first ten years. Well, because he wants the best out of people. But he was not good at selecting players. Mm. But also to 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 speak on that point, it's called the Jordan Syndrome. They actually call it because you're so great mm-hmm. that you don't under you can't even like relate to right. average people. Exactly. You know what I mean? So if they're not at your level, you just don't get it. You don't respect them. And you don't respect them. And you're just like, what's wrong with you? And it's like, not everybody's Michael Jordan. There's only one of you, right? So, (laughs) Well, his son plays too. Yeah. I mean, mean, imagine being his son and living in that shadow, right? That's rough. (laughs) Yeah. And his son was decent, but, you know, I mean, shoot, your dad is the greatest player. But it's okay. That's not his purpose, maybe. Right. Maybe he's talented at something else, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it is pretty tough to live in like that kind of shadow. That type of shadow that would be rough yeah yeah so anyways um i don't know leave it in the comments is jordan the goat is it kobe is it lebron is it tim duncan no all the san antonio people just kidding that's it right (laughs) he's like no 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 michael jordan (laughs) yeah so now you're working and then so what happened after that so i ended up in for champs and i burnt out so i've heard that a lot oh my gosh especially in big sporting goods stores so the thing is is that with champs we had such a high elevated um expectation of like what your store needed to look like at all times 
And if you're working in a store, I mean, my store was, when I got there, it was like a, I think it was like 825000 a year. That was what kind of store it was. So yeah, almost a million dollars. In sales, yeah. yeah. And I put it from $800,000 store to $2 million store. Wow. Mm-hmm. So so you got on that radar real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I was, I was definitely, but again, I lived in the store. Yeah. Literally. You working really hard? No way. <laughs> I know. How did that happen? I literally found myself sleeping amongst boxes <laughs> in the stock room. And, and I was the, like, all the I got to do something. Yeah. I was like, this is not good. Yeah. This is not how this can't be healthy. Yeah. And um, yeah, because I remember my brother would text me. Are you coming home? <laughs> like, like, no, I'm sleeping in all the new basketball. Because That's I was always wanting to be the best. Yeah. Always shooting for the best. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I know. Right. So instead of driving the 45 minutes back and forth to my store, I just ended up taking a sleeping bag and I would sleep in the store. And the store was room. probably like five miles away, but it took 45 <laughs> minutes to get there in Southern California, right? right? Yeah. Well, I lived in Fullerton at the time. Oh, okay. So that was, yeah. that was pretty, I mean, she's, yeah. I mean, yeah. anything more than 20 miles, yeah, you're, you're looking crazy. at a, a long drive. Especially on those freeways. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. So I literally would work in the store, like open to close every single day. And I was just like, this isn't healthy. But because I was trying to save on SPH, sales per hour, Mm -hmm. I was like, well, if I'm here, then I don't need to have one person in the store. Mm. So So you're trying to to tricky with the system there. I was trying to maximize my profits. (laughs) But you were burning yourself (laughs) out. Exactly. You know, so I ended up dealing with... um, and then I, w- I found out that there was an intern program where I could mm. get free labor. Like, <laughs> like, what the heck? Yeah. So there was all these things. So I was like always trying to figure out the, how do you get more out of, you know, you know, um, individuals and training, developing, et cetera. So I ended up getting um, a school, which basically they, they did um, training for individuals mm-hmm. in which it was like on work programs or whatever. And um, so basically, I got anyone from ten to fifteen hours per week of free labor. Yeah, interns. Interns. Yeah. yeah. So, and so my store was always like the highlight. Everyone always wanted to come because they're like, "How are you making so much money?" So you figured out like your niche, like your little, yeah. your competitive advantage. So exactly. So what ended up happening was my store was always the clean and pristine. Like all the shirts were stacked perfectly, mm-hmm. the stickers were all aligned, they were all in these little squares. It almost looked like they were fake. Wow. All the shirts were stuffed. There was paper so that they looked thick, mm-hmm. wow. and all of the names of the basketball logos all lined up. Everything like I was like the ideal store but again it was a small little two million dollar store right so i was trying to get up to the 30 million dollar stores and such you know because the bigger the the what's um, the difference in like employee size and store size so your sales per hour okay it's what it comes down to so the bigger the store the more man hours you can get right right so i had to deal with you know sales per hour like i was only allotted like 100 hours a week if that probably 50 hours a week to be honest Mm. with you so imagine being open during mall hours and only having 50 hours to work with. Wow. So managers were no hours. So you were salary. So salary. Yeah. So basically slavery. Yeah. yeah. Slavery. Yeah. <laughs> like no joke, like sun up to sun down, I was there. Yeah. So that's why I was like, well, if I work 100 hours a week, that's 150 hours that I can... 
I know so you're it's trying not to the maximize best. yourself. Right. Yeah. And then of course I was like, okay, if I have interns and everything. So I was you're always like, looking at sleep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Sleep when I'm Can dead. I survive off of thirty five minutes of sleep? Let's try it out. <laughs> so um and of course in California they ended up with labor laws and they, they got in trouble for it later because they found out that we were only clocking in for forty hours and like and yeah. staying there. Or no, I actually had to clock in the time that I was there. Wow. So there was like on average, I think on average I was like at eighty five hours a week and they're like, Jeez. What are you doing? Yeah. They actually pulled yeah. me aside, they're like, What are you doing? Like, are you actually here? And I'm like, Yeah. So they're corporate like, pulled you aside. Yeah. Wow. Because they ended up getting a lawsuit after that. Uh oh. Not just me though. It because was like of across that, the way California. They did, yeah. mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm. So they were overworking their people. Well, that's how it looked like, but it was yeah, like like sweatshops. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you ran a sweatshop. Basically. Yeah. So sporting goods in it. Myself. <laughs> yeah. There you go, right? <laughs> and so I mean it was it was what it was. Yeah. But I ended up after that, because of I did such a good job at my store. After that, I became a market leader. Mm. So now I was traveling to all these other stores all across the, the area, basically managing and showing them this is how you do this, this is how you do that, this is how you prep, um, like have an assembly line, this is how you get this done. Mm-hmm. So my again, my goal is always how do I get to the next level? How do I get to the next level? So then what ended up happening after that is because I was so efficient, then they had me in charge of all the inventory. So I would travel to all Ooh. the stores for inventory. So, yeah, so it was like I was always like, like I was trying to get to district manager. That mm-hmm. was my goal. So because I kept taking on all these responsibilities and I was like, okay, that's next, that's next, next, next. Well, I got to a point where I literally, I thought I was going to pass out. Like yeah. I was, I was so exhausted. Wow. And I was just like, I'm done. Like, I, 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 if this is what it means to get to the next level, I, I think I'm going to die first. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended that's up crazy. after that, I ended up taking a big step back and I ended up becoming an assistant store manager for Steinmark. Okay. And I was there for like six months. And then a corporate headhunter for H&M called me up. Mm. And I was just like, huh? <laughs> was this when H&M was fairly Brand new? Brand new. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this was in 2006. Because wow. they were in Europe first. Yes, I remember Sweden. I was, in, I was in Sweden, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's when I was when in started. Sweden in 2002? Okay. No, two thousand. Yeah, two. That sounds too... 2002, too, I think. Okay. They were yeah, big in Europe. Because I got married in 2004. So I was in Sweden in 2002 and I went into an yeah. H&M like, wow, this store is pretty cool. What's yeah. this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then it, it was brand new in the US. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So H&M started on the East Coast and then they wanted to branch out to California. Well, the first three stores opened in California, in Northern California in 2006. Okay. So they started there like, we need a, a corporate controller. So I was just like, okay. And they're like, with your past experience and everything, we want to take a look at you. This was the first time ever that a company reached out to me. Mm. So for me, it was like, whoa. It was like, okay. Your hard work had, was paying off. Yeah, I had no idea who H&M was. Yeah. No clue whatsoever. Right. Hmm? And then they're like, okay, you've met all... I went through like four interviews, I remember, over the phone. And I was just like, this is weird. Like, I've never had this happen, right? <laughs> so, yeah. And... Uh, I remember. Like, yeah, why would you be good for this job? I'm just kidding. No, they were already speaking no, English. Sweden. My ex-wife is Swedish. Okay, so Swedes don't kill me. I've been to Stockholm four times. My ex-wife did not sound like that. I'm just kidding. Anyways, go ahead. So I ended up uh, getting a phone call from the corporate, uh, the country controller. His name was John Lockler or something, mm-hmm. I think. And uh, he calls me up. He's like, "Hey, Lisandra." He goes. We really like everything that we've heard so far, and we're interested in meeting with you. 
are you able to come to New York? And uh-huh. I was like, what? <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, well, we would fly you out here. We'd put you in a hotel and mm-hmm. we'd give you um, per diem to be able to um, get around. Nice. Is that something that you can, you can manage for um, such and such dates? <laughs> and I was like, uh, I was like, can I get back to you? <laughs> Let me check my schedule. What's a controller? Uh, corporate control budget and analysis. Okay. Yeah, basically um, sales per hour. Okay. Managing the sales budgets, making sure that everything runs smoothly. Allocations in the store, making sure that there's enough small, medium, large, that kind mm. of thing. Yeah, which was, what was my dream? To, uh, to direct manager? Yes. Wait. To become Rachel Green. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, you had a lot. I don't know who Rachel Green is. So I'm sorry. Friends. Oh, I never watched Friends, by the way. What? Yeah. You need to start. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Wait, Rachel. Jennifer Aniston is Jennifer Rachel, Aniston. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. She was a corp- She was a, a buyer for, for Bloomingdale's. For, oh, yeah. Don't hate me for not watching Friends too much. <laughs> I didn't really understand. You can always start. Yeah. Yeah. I know the song. (laughs) So basically, I was like, no way. Like, this is. So you wanted to be Jennifer Aniston. I wanted to be Jennifer Aniston. Well, her character in Friends. Friends, Mm -hmm. yes. So again, this was like, I was like, this can't be real. Like, right? I'm becoming. Like, this is actually going to happen. Like, this is what I've been working towards. This is what I want. Yeah. And so I went to my store manager at the time and I said, hey, you know, and she's like, She's like, do you have a job opportunity? I was like, yes. And she's like, I'm glad you're honest with me and told me what's going on. She goes, I'm actually going to take another job. So I hope you get this. She goes, because you are very talented and yeah. you deserve she's to. Like, Run. <laughs> Run. <laughs> get out. So she was my first, like, I was like, wow. Like somebody actually, you know. Supported that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And being That's a manager a too. Yeah. I was yeah. like, wow. That was a big sign too, though. She's like, yes. yeah, please go. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no, of course. She goes, that sounds like an amazing opportunity. Don't even think about it. Just do it. Yeah, that's awesome. So I literally, I this was my first time ever in New York. So I flew to New York and I'm just like, ah, like I'm here. That's crazy. I've, I haven't been to New York. What? Go. Yeah. I, I've been back several times since. Yeah. So you have to. You have to go. It's beautiful. Just don't go during summer because it's really hot. Oh, it's muggy. I melt. It's <laughs> muggy. And the thing is, is that, like, for instance, everyone says Arizona's too hot, but it's not because it's a dry heat. So yeah. as long mm-hmm. as you're in shade or in air conditioning, you're fine. Whereas in New York and anywhere else that has high humidity, you're dying in 80 degrees. Mm-hmm. Humidity. You yeah. feel like everything sticks to you and yeah. you're like, oh, I can't breathe. I went to Costa Rica. I had to take two showers <laughs> a day. Yeah. Yeah. That's high humidity. To say the least. But it was just, it was a crazy dream control. Like, I was like, wow. And it was the funniest thing because I get there to my interview. And my interview was that I had to take a clipboard and I had to go to their busiest stores on Fifth Avenue. Wow. And so that's high fashion. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. like legit. Yeah. And they wanted, yeah. And they wanted me to come back and give them an analysis of what I saw. And I was like, is this a drop? Like, did you see Times Square? It's awesome. Like, uh, and yeah. I was, I was like tripping out. I was like, oh my god! Like he goes, I want you to come back and give me a report card of what mm-hmm. you saw and what you observed and what you, what you feel that you can fix. Yeah, that's cool. And I was just like, oh my gosh! Was there a time limit? Ah, uh, yeah, they gave me a time frame. They mm-hmm. said you want, right. I want you back by four. You're okay. Like, All your clothes suck. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, no one's gonna wear this crap. And <laughs> because I'm. 
I'm super OCD. Like, I always look like, okay, like, you know, is this, you know, straight? Is this organized? So, like, for me, I was like, oh, my God, this is a mess. <laughs> like, I was like, mm-hmm. everything's everywhere. The front mannequins were naked and the wall hangings were all crooked. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I The freaked. mannequins were naked? In yeah. The store? In they, the yeah. New York. They, they wow. took off the, the clothes of the mannequins. Jeez. So, I personally, I was like. Um, like I'm sitting across from the country controller and the the CFO, and I'm just like, "Is this a trap?" Yeah, <laughs> I, was like, you're like, yeah. I was like, "Do you really want me to give you an opinion or or an honest answer?" And mm-hmm. they're like, "Absolutely." Mm-hmm. What did you see? And I said, "The fitting room attendant was very friendly, and she greeted me from far away." I would start with the good, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and um, it looked like she was doing two tasks because she was hanging clothes and such and everything i go um and the staff all greeted me when i walked in and that was like a big thing i was like that's you know that shows that you know they're being attentive and they're yeah. being aware of the surroundings so i um i started with all the positive and then like okay it sounds yeah. yeah and they're like okay so what did you notice that was wrong and i was like okay and I started telling them there was pegs that were empty, that were sticking out, there were a potential hazard, there was clothes that was stacked up. Um, the fitting room racks should have been cleared out faster. Um, mannequins were naked, etc. And yeah. I told them all that and they're just like, wow. And I go in the front um, presentation table, didn't have clothes on it. And they're just like, huh, okay. Like, and they're uh, like can you call and fire uh, jim bob please <laughs> i know it's like oh my god who am i gonna get in trouble uh, yeah. and so i did all that i went through and the, the different stores and everything give them my feedback on both stores and it was just like it was it almost felt validating like because i saw things through my eyes as a merchandiser my eyes as yeah. a manager all these things and i was just like oh so this is why i've worked so hard this Your is dream why was mm-hmm. kind of coming true right and so I always thought I was going to be a buyer, but I ended up as a controller for mm. a major, you know, fashion company and doing what I love, which was helping managers elevate. So you and got also, the job. Yeah. Yeah. But did you work in Southern California or Northern California? So they started me. I moved to Manhattan and I lived in a sky rise. Oh, wow. In the financial district. Nice. All paid for by the company for three months. Rachel Gray. Mm-hmm. All the way, right? Yeah. And then I lived from Manhattan. They moved me to Philly in high winter. And then from Philly, I moved Eesh. to Chicago. And again, the company was paying for all of this. Chilaska. So my biggest thing was I never had to haggle for for pay. So I didn't know what you were supposed to get paid. Right. So I basically cut L- myself off. You lowballed yourself? Yeah. Yeah, because I was so excited. I was yeah. like, I You're want like, this job. <laughs> it's a journey. Exactly, <laughs> right? So I never really knew what I was worth. They're like, Sure. When can you start? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So I was just like, and I did. I asked. I was like, is that like their only offer? And mm. like, I didn't know how you're supposed yeah. to do that. So oh, good. you eh. got the experience. Yeah. I loved it. I didn't care. It yeah, was awesome. You were I mean, Jetson. yeah, it was amazing. Like they put me up in these crazy places, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I get to live here. Like it was crazy, making more money because I didn't have any expenses. Mm-hmm. So. I ended up enjoying all that, and then they moved me to um, San Francisco, and they're like, okay, well, we decided that we're not going to move you back to Southern Cal because the entire team's up in Northern Cal. Mm. And I was like, uh, my brother lives in Southern Cal. Yeah. Like, I have to talk to him. And so they basically gave me it. Now they paid me now to move 
because it was their inconvenience to Uh, me mm -hmm. and then the time came where they're like well we're moving back to southern california are you coming with us oh wow so i got to choose to stay in northern california at that time that's what brought you to northern california that's what brought me to northern california when was that 2007 where did you go in san francisco or um i lived in san francisco and then they paid for my hotel for three months and they said okay now you got to figure out where you're gonna live i was like (laughs) i was like jeez and i didn't know i didn't know anybody Mm. in the bay Little I knew. girl from the barrio in Tucson is now in freaking the big city of San Francisco. Yeah, and then I didn't know you can't walk down Hyde Street. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. In the middle of the night, I was like, okay. Um, like, yeah. Not in Tucson anymore. Back. It's still the, the it's still the same way, by the way. You can oh, just yeah. walk by Both Hotem and, and Joe live in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a great city. I mean, yeah, it is. Just stay during the day. Yeah. <laughs> You just got to know where to walk by yourself. <laughs> well, that was the thing is that I, I've one thing that I've learned is if you walk with confidence, nobody bugs you. Yeah. Mm. Especially but, if you're in a bad area. Yeah. If you walk like you belong anywhere, it doesn't matter where yeah. it is. If you walk in like you belong there, nobody's going to question. Yeah, I but, walk like people don't see me. Then they don't see me. <laughs> yeah. If you're in the hood and you're walking around like you're new and you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Like you're yeah. like, oh yeah, my God. You don't, you don't want to attract that. Yeah, you know, to get just like, that's for sure. Yeah. Something. Thank you for tuning in. That was the end of part one. Part two comes out next Monday, 9 a.m. Please stay tuned. Make sure you like and subscribe to our channel and hit that notification bell so that YouTube will let you know when the next one comes out.